you have a self-facing window, don't don't bother with all that artificial stuff because that's real sun. Cool. Right? It'll be so much easier for the transplant to deal with the real sun once you move it out. If it's if it's grown up, even though that sun's being filtered through a window, mm-hmm. it's still a, a lot easier for the plant to deal with adjusting to real sun if it if it germinated and has grown its whole life in real sun. Yeah. Hey there, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to episode 29 of the Maritime Gardening Podcast. And just like we do every episode, we're connecting with Greg. Hey! Hey, Good, 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 good. Yeah, I kind of feel like, you know, the the friendly giant, you know, when (laughs) I'm like Jerome and you're like the giant. (laughs) I loved that show. Hey, how you doing? Absolutely love that show. That's good. Maybe that is why I do that. Eh, they get rusty out of the bag. Yeah. You know, his best friend lived in a bag. <laughs> Here's my friend. He lives in a bag over here. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. We should. To- I should find the, the theme song from that show. Maybe we can use it. Maybe you could play it on a recorder. Mm, maybe. <laughs> that, that a giant would specialize in playing a recorder, I find, is hilarious in and of itself. That is. That is. <laughs> That's like the smallest instrument he could find. That's true. <laughs> kind of ironic. We're we're right. We did not play anything else. We're right <laughs> on topic. Yeah, right on. Around the money. <laughs> um, that's the so, end of the non sequiturs. Yeah, now. that's right. There we go. So yeah, we're gonna jump right in, and uh, today we're you're gonna be talking transplants. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And as we had a joke there twenty minutes ago, it's not the hair transplants that I so desperately need. Yeah, I don't know what, uh, maybe some baking soda. <laughs> it seems to be, uh, I was reading about baking soda applications in the garden. I will try that. Uh, it seems to solve everything. Yeah, it does. Um, it makes uh, biscuits or ice, maybe, uh, who knows? You just um, never know. But, uh, no, we're talking about uh, transplants. It's it's March, and this is the time of year that people uh, uh, get that whole thing going. So uh, I thought we'd... Uh, do a little episode on different approaches to transplants, um, lights versus putting them in a window versus putting them in a cold frame versus using a greenhouse. Mm. So this is the time of year when when you need to get your transplants going? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on what you're planting, right? So March would be when you're, when you're starting things that you are going to put in the ground in early May. Mm. Or maybe even uh, early April, so uh, greens. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't bother starting your heat-loving plants like tomatoes and eggplants and uh, uh, peppers, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit early um, because those things, you know, they can't go outside until like June. Okay. Right. So they're going to outgrow their pots and you're going to have to repot them and you're going to have to fertilize them. And, you know, for my money, um, when you're, when you're doing transplants and I don't do a lot of transplants, uh, the longer I garden, the less, less, I, less patience I have for it and the less, uh, really value I see in doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to that later, but, uh, um, you want them neither too big nor too small mm. when you're moving them. You want them, to be at a size where they're not getting root bound 
and they're not living in a little pot just searching for nutrition and, and getting to the point where you have to, you know, mess around and, and uh, you know, use ex uh, fertilizers and start doing a uh, science fair project type thing. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you want them to grow. You want to move them outside really when they've, they're at the right height where it's time to move them. Like they've gotten, right. they're they're getting too big for the little pot they're in. Mm -hmm. The soil there is they've exhausted the little bit of soil in there of nutrients, and instead of repotting them and putting fertilizer and trying to get the proportions just right and doing that all that science, mm -hmm. um, it's it's so much easier just to time it to move them out. And the smaller they are when you when you move them out, the the easier they're going to adapt to the conditions out there. Right. Uh, and they're going to suffer less. Uh, this is assuming you've moved them out at the right time before right. it's too cold, uh, and also that you've you've hardened them off properly. And we'll talk about that. But generally speaking, if they're if they're not too big, they'll they'll get through that a little bit uh, easier. Mm. Um, okay. So uh, so uh, you know those heat loving plants, I wouldn't bother even I wouldn't even bother with them till I don't know first or second week of April. That's when I, right. you know, around the middle of April is when I start messing with that. But, I mean, where I live, it's a bit cool here. So I know just from experience, most years, uh, except for, it, it's an exception to the rule, but most years it's really like the first week of June or even the second week of June before I can, I've, I've put tomatoes in the ground the first week of June here, and the roots got so cold, the tomatoes almost died. Oh, they yeah. were set back. Mm. Yeah. Set back considerably. You stuck them in the ground. They spent about three weeks just trying not to die. Wow. Right? You don't want that. You don't want them just. Oh my God! What are you doing to me? You yeah. know. You want to put them in the ground and they take a few days, maybe a week to acclimatize, and then they start growing again. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's talk about uh, uh, growing them under lights because that seems to be, you know, when I'm. Uh, if you uh, do a YouTube search for transplants, most of what you see is is people with their giant grow up setup of some kind and they're talking about this fertilizer and that fertilizer and ver vermiculite and this potting medium and that potting medium and blah 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 um, getting very very sophisticated with the whole thing so uh, let's just talk about lights um, fluorescent lights are fine for transplants uh, all these other kinds of lights like grow lights and that sort of thing mm -hmm. that, that have different uh, different aspects of the light spectrum. Um, you need that if you're trying to grow a plant to maturity. You want it to flower and all that sort of That's why these grow-up guys have all these fanciful lights, because they're trying to grow, you know, the whole thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. have to get it to the bud stage for it to be worth any money. Uh, <laughs> Tune, in <laughs> Tune in next week. Tune in next week. We master marijuana growth. Um, but you're, you're not interested in that. You're just trying right. to – you're, you're – you know, you're doing a transplant, so you just want leaf growth. Right. You know, you just want to get the leaves growing. You don't want it to go to seed or anything like this. Cer certainly don't want it to do that. And uh, the fluorescent lights are great for that. They tend to produce um, stocky plants, which is what you want, right? You, plant, you, want, you want your plants thick at the stems and stocky. You don't want them long and leggy. Yeah. Um, and they're also the cheapest kind you can get, so that's the way to go. And for most seeds, you know, the technique they'll show is, is lowering the lights down so they're not too far from the soil mm -hmm. so that the soil gets as hot as it can. Mm -hmm. And you have a device rigged up so that you move them up, you know, as the plants grow, you raise the lights. Right. Um, so I, I've done that, and I've done it just with them fixed. And mm -hmm. 
For the time and energy and work that's involved in moving them like an inch every three days, it made a little difference. But the way I judge things, you know, like mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a huge difference to be something I have to mess with. Yeah. Um, so I didn't think it was worth it. I, I found it was so much better just to have um, on, on every side of the uh, area where I was, I had my lights fixed and there were maybe, uh, I don't know, let's say 18 inches above the soil. Mm-hmm. But then all the way around the area where I had the transplants, I stapled um, that material. You know those things you put on your windshield to keep the sun off your car? Yep. You can get those at the dollar store for like two bucks. Of course you can. Um, so I just stapled that around the inside, mm-hmm. and the, the front was sort of like a, a curtain, but it was that stuff. Nice. So it's throwing light all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. So everything in there grew like grew great, and it because it was sort of shrouded in this stuff, Mm-hmm. Um, it, it held the heat in, so it had good heat. Yeah. Um, so everything for, uh, germinated, and it was all fine, and, and the plants weren't too bad. With regard to fertilizer, when you're doing transplants in this way, the way I'm explaining right now, um, I would err on the side of less. Yeah. Uh, if you go too far with fertilizer, you will really, really hurt your plants. Mm-hmm. There, you know, it's funny. You can... You can add all kinds of, you know, if you're top dressing or side dressing a plant in a garden, you can throw like, I'm not talking about mixing in, but you can throw almost anything you want on top of the soil. It won't really hurt the plant because it's, it's just getting rained on and nutrients are trickling down to the roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you pour, you know, if you dilute fertilizer and water and pour it in the soil and you put too much in, you might, you might as well be pouring salt water down there because it, it has a very similar effect. It's, it just because uh, there's there, there's actually salts in fertilizers as I understand it. So yeah. you know you do not want to more is not better mm-hmm. with fertilizer, mm-hmm. right? It's it's like uh, you know certain certain pills are good for you, but if you take too yeah. many, it's not good. Not good. Not good. <laughs> so uh, same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So go easy on that, and uh, and if you don't start too early, it won't be a problem. They won't they won't get you know. Uh, malnutrition because you're not trying to grow a tree inside your house, right? You just, you want it to be like, I like to be moving them outside when they're most transplants, you know, a few inches, you know, I don't, I don't want them too big really. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I'm buying transplants, I, I really prefer to get, you know, we tend to want to buy the big thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I tend to like to buy the shorter, smaller ones because um, my experience, they, they adapt better. Uh, they're they're just younger, right? So they're going to do more of their growing in your environment, right? right? If you get a huge plant, it's spent its whole life in a pot. It's sort of climatized yeah. to that. It's, it's yeah. a bigger shock that thing to yeah. adapt to yours, your soil. Your soil is different than the soil those things are growing. And if you buy potting soil to do your transplants in, that's very different than the soil in your garden, right? The soil in your garden has clay and yeah bugs and, and that sort of thing and on top of that the soil in your garden is you know it's, it's just a much more extreme environment we'll talk mm-hmm. about that later mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. um so that's all the you know some tips on how to do growing under fluorescent lights but really if you can if you have a south facing window in your house um i've got south facing windows and uh, i've got one tiny south facing window now so it's really not big enough for me to do any sort of transplanting on any scale but that's better than messing around with all that fluorescent stuff if you have a south facing window don't don't bother with all that uh, artificial stuff because that's real sun cool 
right? It'll be so much easier for the transplant to deal with the real sun once you move it out. But if it's if it's grown up, even though that sun's being filtered through a window, mm-hmm. it's still uh, a lot easier for the plant to deal with adjusting to real sun if it if it germinated and has grown its whole life in real sun. Yeah, uh, it's just going to get more out of that anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, even if you're growing them in the real sun, but in a window, you still need to harden them off when you move them outside. So let's just talk about that. So hardening off just to your your plants used to being an indoor plant, and it's used to getting either filtered sun or fake light, mm. and it's just not used to handling the radiation from the sun. It's also not used to handling the extremes of being outside, the, the, the range of temperatures, especially the cold, and it's also not used to handling wind, right? So you're setting um, it free. That's right. So you, you spend about a week moving them outdoors in stages. You move them, maybe you come home after work, and it's if it's not a, too bad a day. And I'm talking at, at, at the time of year when those plants can be outside, whatever the thing is, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's a, you know, a, a spinach or a, there's only a handful of things that can go on the ground in early April that are worth transplanting. I'd say maybe spinach would be one of them. Although spinach doesn't like being transplanted, but you know, there's only a handful of things you plant in early April. And uh, like like carrots and parsnips, I wouldn't bother. They do not transplant. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Um, but if you're jonesing for spinach, <laughs> <laughs> you can plant some in, in in March and then put it in the ground maybe the second week of April. And you know you you can put your spinach seeds in the ground in in April too, so you get two different waves of it. Right. Um, anyway, the week before you want to put that in the ground, you maybe come home after work. And put it outside for a few hours, and then the next day, uh, put it on the north side of your house for a day or two if mm-hmm. if it's not going to get too cold. And because that on the north side of the house, it's not going to get in direct sun; it'll just get indirect sun. Right. Right. And you know, after a couple of days of that, maybe you put it on the east side of the house, and it gets a bit of morning sun. Maybe put it somewhere where you know it's not going to get sun all morning. It's going to and it might be there's going to be a bit of shade. You know, you have, you know, you've got to know your property and know where the shade is at various times of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're you're trying to get it. You're, you're gradually moving it around different sides of your house so that it get, gets exposed to varying levels of sunlight uh, to the point where it can go all day on like the south side of your house getting full sun. Because you know, depending on where you're going to put it in your garden, it's probably be, if you've got a if your garden's in a good spot, it's probably going to be getting full sun. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has to be ready for that, and that's when you can move it out. So it's not as much work as it sounds? It, I don't like doing it. That's, that's <laughs> why I don't. I can't stand it, to yeah. tell you the truth. Um, you know, a, a lot of things, uh, I don't do a lot of transplants because I find it so aggravating to do that. Mm. Um, I do a lot, of, a lot of straight seeding in my garden. I don't mind waiting another couple of weeks. Um, I find if you straight seed something, it... It grows so fast once the conditions are right outside yeah. that in some cases it will catch up to, if not overtake a transplant, because your straight-seeded plant it hasn't gone through that shock of having right. to adopt adapt to your right. soil. Right. Right? Especially, you know, if I mean, you got to remember your plant is is in like a fake environment. It's 20 degrees Celsius all the time. The soil's 20, yeah. air's 20. There's no wind. There's no nothing. And then you put it outside, especially if you're putting it outside in April, May. It's it's getting close to zero at night. Mm-hmm. The, the soil is cold. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's a huge shock, right? So some of these plants will take a couple weeks just to adapt to them. They're not even growing for a couple weeks. Yeah. So if you're moving it out at the same time, you'd seed that same thing. 
uh, in a week, a lot of things will germinate. <laughs> yeah. right? In two weeks, they're up. And in three weeks, the, the seedling's growing. And, and in three weeks, the, the, the thing you've transplanted is finally starting to grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the, the plant that was straight-seeded sometimes will just take off. Mm. I'm not saying you can't have success transplanting, but you, it's, you have to be very careful and mindful. and te- you know, It's a very tedious process. One trick I've learned over the years was when you, when you first put your plant in the ground, and I can do this because I live near a forest, um, when I first put my transplant in the ground out in my garden, I'll snap a couple branches off a spruce tree, and I'll just jam those branches around the plant. Mm-hmm. And what that'll do is it'll it'll dapple some of the sun. Yeah. So it, it it's it's like I'm making a tiny little forest around the plant. Hmm. Uh, so it's not getting hammered with direct sun. It's getting kind of it's getting filtered through the fingers of that right. uh, any any brand. I'm not saying you have to use spruce. Any anything that's going to filter the sun a little bit. And you you know you leave it for like that for a week or so, and then start taking those things out once you, once you realize that the plant's doing okay. Mm. Um, so that can be uh, a good trick, especially if like let's say you plan to do this on a Sunday, and ideally you want to put your transplants in the ground on a really overcast day, right? So it's not mm. bam full sun yeah. right on top of them. Um, so let's say you you set aside Sunday for that, and for whatever reason it happens to be amazingly sunny on that day well that's the sort of thing you want to do a trick like that Um, another thing you can do is um, you put a cardboard box you cut the top out but you put a cardboard box around the plant Mm -hmm. if it's you know the box has to be higher than the plant but what that'll do is it'll to some extent reduce the sun right yeah it won't get the sun all day you know when the sun's rising it's not getting any sun and when the sun's overhead it gets sun but then right so it it sort of keeps a bit of the wind off the plant and keeps some of the sun off the plant and you got to make sure you put some rocks on it you got to do something to stabilize the box you don't want that box blowing around and smashing the transplant but um that's another little trick if if you if it, it happens to be the case that you have to transplant on a day where it's just really sunny but one other thing i want to do is contrast this with using a, a hothouse, right? Um, because, you know, south-facing window, it, it's better than artificial, but it still has many of the drawbacks because you're taking an inside thing and trying to teach it how to be an outside thing, and that requires work on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And we're all about permaculture here. We're all about making it easy, and there's there's nothing in nature that's transplanted, right? I mean, we, we do that so the plants can follow our schedule mm-hmm. or so we can plant something that has no business growing in our environment. Like, you right. know, tomatoes are tropical plants, right? We just, right. Uh, you know, they're from the Amazon jungle or something. Yeah. You know, they're not from here sort of thing, right? They were brought to the to the old world from the new world yeah. uh, and they were discovered uh, somewhere from far south from here. So, you know, we, we start them indoors because if you straight seed a lot of, a lot of tomato varieties, if you straight seed them, just never. You, they might... Um, they might or they might not, or maybe they'll, they'll grow tomatoes, but they'll never turn red. Mm-hmm. Um, some varieties are faster than others, so they, so they might. But um, anyway, that, that's why we do transplants for that sort of thing. But other things, we just transplant because we want them sooner. Right? I want my kale in May. I don't want to wait till June. Right? So yeah. Yeah, you get it get going in, in March, and then you can stick it in the ground around late April or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the hothouse, you know, this is the best way to go. Um, if it's, especially if it's attached to your house or it's artificially heated in some way, because um, then you're getting like 
the closest, you know, it's still through glass, but it's going to get better sound than just a window in your house because it's going to have a glass roof, right? Yeah. Um, so it's getting all that sun and all that heat, and, uh, you know, you can really, that's better than artificial lights. But a hothouse is a little out of range for most people, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I don't have a hothouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a bit much to ask a, a typical, uh, anyone other than a really large-scale gardener to lay out the kind of money it would take to build a hothouse. The whole thing's made of glass. And especially if you're here in the Maritimes, you got to build it in such a way that it doesn't blow away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty intense here, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, especially if you live near the coast, none of the things fly through the air. <laughs> I had a buddy that lived uh, near the ocean there. He was watching TV one day. And a piece of plywood threw, flew through his bow window. Like, he was just standing by the window, really? and he went into the kitchen to get a cup of coffee and a piece of plywood. I mean, like a four-by-eight sheet of plywood <laughs> flew out of the sea, like it was just was flying across the sea, yeah. bam, in the living room. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's like all I need to say. Well, I don't think I'm going to build a, yeah. a glass house. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. That's <laughs> cheap. Yeah. So... Oh, yeah, hothouses are great, but they're a little out of range for most of us. So mm-hmm. I talk about something that's a little more in our range, like a little cold frame, right, where you, you've got a, it's in a little box, and, yeah. you know, there's different designs. Uh, the simplest design is that the window is sloped. The, the roof is the window. Everything else is just wood, and it's sloped to face south to get the best sun. Yeah. And um, I see a lot of different designs uh, online, suggested designs, um, but I would strongly recommend it's cheaper to do it this way anyway, to build them such that your soil is at grade. So not a raised bed. If, if, if it's a raised bed, right, you've got to line the entire interior of the cold frame with styrofoam to insulate the soil. Mm. But if the soil is at grade, it, it's insulated by the adjacent soil, <laughs> Which yeah. is the whole the whole planet, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's insulated by everything else, sort of thing, right? And also, yeah. um, you know, if you're using a cold frame, it's it's basically a you know a wooden and glass box with a roof, uh, so you've got to water your plants all the time, right? Yeah. Well, if the plants are growing in the ground as opposed to above the ground, whenever it rains, there's water moving through the ground underneath your cold frame, mm-hmm. so. Even though it's not raining on the soil in your cold frame, because your cold frames, my mind, are relatively small, two by six, you don't want to make them too large dimensionally because you got to be able to reach in and, and get at the things in there. I find two feet is, um, from front to back, two feet is, is, I tried one last season with three feet and I, I couldn't get back there. And I'm, uh, not so many people got a better reach than me. You know, I'm six foot four. Yeah. Uh, Three feet was too much for me, so uh, it was awkward, right? And I yeah. found I was like falling down and doing face plants in the garden and stuff like that. Um, so I find two feet from front, you know, two feet deep. The depth is is all I want. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the height, I have mine uh, about a foot high in the front and about oh a foot and a half in the back, sort of thing. Yeah. Not too high, because um, that's the, the the smaller the space is, the quicker it heats up, right? Yeah. But if you do it that way, it's it's going to get water from rain anyway. You still have to water it a bit, especially when the plants are really young. Right. Uh, once they start start getting larger, you don't have to be nearly as diligent in watering as you would uh, if it was raised. Yeah. Because the water's just going to go out of there, right? Yeah. So if the soil is at grade, it's less tedious to water, 
and you don't have to buy soil or you don't have to locate soil or source out soil because you can use the soil that's there. You might amend it with a little manure or something like that just to just to improve it a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it stays warmer. I mean, my, my I was out, so what is it now? It's the middle of March, and I was out um, two weeks ago, and the soil in my uh, cold frames was completely thawed. Mm. Now, a couple of days ago... <laughs> Yeah. When it was uh, minus 14 or whatever that was, yeah. they froze again, right? But it, they didn't freeze deep. I checked. They only froze down a couple inches. And uh, just yesterday, I checked. All the soil had thawed. And it was uh, yesterday um, afternoon, it was 20 degrees in my uh, cold frame. Mm. Right? But but two weeks ago, it was 35 degrees in one of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and completely thought I almost I almost planted seeds in it, but I said nah, it's kind of a waste of time. Is you know, but I would say now is is the time because I think looking at the forecast, I don't think we're going to get any more of these. I know I could be wrong. Yeah, we don't <laughs> know. ever know, but uh, it looks like we're going to have you know a little bit above zero days and a little bit below zero nights. And for me, that's when you can, especially if there's some sun and stuff, this is when I plant cold, hardy greens in my cold frames. Um, because it's, you know, for a good portion of each day, it's going to be, you're going to have soil temperatures that are 5, 10, 15, maybe even uh, 20 degrees, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, sure, it'll cool down a bit at night, but it, it would do that in early April anyway. Um but things will come up, and then, you know, around the middle of April, you can move those things to other parts of your garden, and uh, that's when you can plant your, um, around the middle of April, towards the end of April, you plant your uh, heat-loving things in the cold frame. Mm. And then once those heat-loving plants, uh, and I'm talking about um, tomatoes, peppers, and eggplants, I'm not talking about squash. Mm-hmm. Uh, squash hate being transplanted and moved. I uh, wouldn't recommend anyone buy squash transplants in a in a garden center. Uh, I, I've planted squash tra- transplants right next to straight seeds of the same variety, and the straight seeded ones always overtake and outperform. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Squashes hate being transplanted. Mm. Um, and the other advantage of doing your transplants in a cold frame in the ground is they're not in a pot, mm. right? So the roots aren't going to grow in a cylinder shape they're yeah. going to fan out like fingers outstretched right the way roots are supposed to grow yeah and when you dig them when you dig them up you can you can take an amount of soil that's greater than the root ball mm-hmm. so the plant if you do it right from a cold frame where it's planted in the ground the plant might not even know it's being moved yeah. It would be like if I picked up so- up the soil. This happens in science fiction movies sometimes. You, you know, the, the whole town has picked up the soil and everything, and mm. it's moved. You know, everybody's sleeping, and they yeah. they wake up, and the whole you know. I remember the, the outer limits. This sort of thing would happen. The whole town's picked up, and then it's on another planet the next day, and they don't even know. Um, so if you can get underneath the root ball and get everything up, um, you know, you, you can move that that transplant in, in the least obtrusive way possible yeah. right yeah. and so it's going to acclimatize to its its new home that much better and that much easier and you don't have to figure around with all those little cups and you know which, whatever they're the little egg cartons and all that sort of stuff yeah. that uh and, and by the way don't don't try to grow your transplants and egg plant egg cartons is it that is an utter waste of time mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll see like uh, transplant hack grow an eggplant yeah. cups yeah, you can get a seed to germinate an eggplant cup, but once it's like four inches high, it's too big for the eggplant cup. 
Yeah. And and by the way, um, it's really difficult to uh, water eggplant cups because they have a way of drying out like you wouldn't believe, hmm. right? Like the entire cup is a drying out medium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's not plastic, right? So it doesn't hold moisture, hmm. right? Water just saturates the cardboard and then it evaporates quickly. Hmm. Um, so there, that is a waste of time. Um, so yeah, it seems like a make. It seems like a no-brainer because it looks like those transplanting things, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, unless you're only making teeny tiny transplants, um, uh, and you're going to move them and, and get them out of that yeah. without breaking without breaking up the root ball and everything, yeah, yeah. Uh, forget it. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, we covered everything here. Awesome. Uh, overcast days, uh, advantages of cold frames. Uh, they stay warm. They stay warmer. They stay wetter. Nice. So yeah, and if you're if you're looking for some seeds to uh, you know whether you're doing transplants or whatnot, um, you know as we mentioned in the last episode, we're happy to have Mackenzie Seed as a as a partner of the show, as well as Kent Building Supplies. So. If you want to pick up your seed, check out Kent Building Supplies, pick up your McKenzie seed. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to try mine out this year. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. Looking forward to uh, seeing how that works out for you. Exactly. Awesome. All right, so that was episode 29 uh, of the Maritime Gardening Podcast. You can check out the show notes at maritimegardening.com slash 029. As always, we appreciate you for listening. And, uh, you know, if you know somebody who's interested in gardening or may may possibly be interested, by all means, please share the show. They can listen on iTunes or right on the website. And uh, thanks, Greg. We will catch you next episode. Right on. Thanks for listening. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.